welcome to A Little Spooky. This is the podcast where we talk about things that spook us just a little bit, like cryptids, UFOs, conspiracy theories, aliens, and me? <laughs> I'm Colleen. And I'm Everett. You are a little scary sometimes. I got a lot, a lot of vampire jokes as a kid. Yeah, for I, me included. Yes. So I have very, I'm going to call it porcelain skin. Others might call it pale. I kid you not, the very first thing Everett ever said to me was, I liked your work in Twilight. And I still do. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a doucher. Anyway. So, I'm sorry. <laughs> what are we talking about today? Well, I have something very special for you. Okay. Knock, knock. Who's there? Ah. Uh, we're like, oh, <laughs> oh my god! We're talking, a, we're talking werewolves today, man. <laughs> okay, more, all right. More fine. specifically, we're talking the Beast of Bray Road, which is a legend native to southern Wisconsin, and some would argue northern Illinois as well. Interesting. Are you familiar with the Beast of Bray Road? I have heard of it. I know nothing about it. Okay. It's like one of those local cryptids in Wisconsin. Every small town has one. I feel like this one's a little bit more popular than like the small town, uh, you know, cryptid that they make a small statue of for tourism. All right. This is a little bit more well known. But let me Lay take it you. On me. Yeah. Let me take you back. Okay. To the year 1936. Oh, good year. Probably not Why? a good year. <laughs> Great Depression. Yeah, I, probably, I imagine it's that a terrible back. year. Rewind that. Okay. So 1936, a man named Mark Shackleman was near a convent in Jefferson, Wisconsin, which is about 40 miles outside of Milwaukee. He was a night watchman for this convent, so he was working that night. Okay. He was driving down a road late at night and saw something very large digging in an old Native American burial mound. Well, they just happen to have one of those laying around. How come those just spontaneously <laughs> occur in every story like this? Well, okay. I don't know. How did he know it was a burial mound? I'm not too familiar with, like, the history of Native American burial mounds. But <laughs> this is also, you know, almost 100 years ago and also in a very rural area. So was it like a recent burial ground? I don't think so. Okay. I think it was just like an old you know, remnant of before we took their land. Sure. And I realize you can't read this man's mind, but was he aware that this was I a think Native American so. yeah, burial I, I ground? Think, I think so. I mean, it was okay. specified that that's what it was, so I imagine he knew. Okay, so, got it. <laughs> so, what he saw was what he described as half canine and half ape, covered in hair and standing six feet tall. He said it had an almost unbearable stench of rotting meat, and that had it, and it had three fingers and one twisted thumb. Okay, you're saying half canine, half ape, which half? I, th I think I think the reason that it's described as that is because it looks canine, but it stands on its two hind legs and is very large with a broad chest like a gorilla. Okay. But it's not like hunched over. It's just like a... Well, I think when he first saw it, it was hunched over because it was digging okay. in this burial mound. Sure. But yeah, so once he saw this and th that was the initial description that he gave, he fled. He's like, I don't want to deal with whatever that yeah, is. Yeah, I'd do the same. 
So that was nighttime, but he returned the next day during daylight to see if, you know, he could see any evidence of, you yeah. know, it being there. Surprise. It's still there. What? No. During yeah. the day? Yep. The beast was still there, and it spoke a three-syllable word. Gadara. That's not a word. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> so, so that's the very first initial story. Wait, th- th- he just stopped right there? Like, and then he ran away again. He ran away or the wolf no, thing the man, ran away? Mark, or, yeah, Mark did. Mark Shackleman. So th- that, and that's kind of what I wanted to talk about. This is the first documented sighting of the Beast of Bray Road. But it's a little weird because it's a secondhand recounting of the story. I believe Mark died before he actually ever told anyone outside of his family. Huh. It was his son that spoke the story. And like, I think he wrote an article for a newspaper or something along those lines. But this was a secondhand account. And this is the only non firsthand account we'll talk about. I just wanted to bring it up because it was the first sighting. Yeah, that's that's interesting. That's like, you know, like when your grandpa tells you tales about the giant fish he caught or right. something. And yeah, it's weird. It was digging in a burial mound. I don't know why it would have been doing that. I assume it's looking for scraps of some kind, but I mean, I imagine whatever is there is long decayed, but long gone. You know, it's an ancient burial mound. Right. Well, maybe he was looking for treasures. Well, and apparently it can speak too. So maybe it's like a magician of some kind and it's looking for bones and a spell or something. Yeah. Or it was once a human and it's trying to break a curse. Well, we'll talk about what we what it could possibly be. Of course, you know, the obvious one is werewolf. So that is a possibility, but there are other possibilities. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. Okay. So that was 1936. We're going to skip ahead decades. Okay. In the years 1989 and 1990, there was a huge rush of sightings of some sort of creature that is described as the Beast of Bray Road. Some differ from others. We'll talk about it. So first... In October of 1989, dairy farmer Scott Bray saw a strange-looking dog on his land. He described it as larger and taller than a German shepherd with pointed ears, black and gray fur, and a hair-covered tail. But he specifically recalled that it had a broad chest, looking stronger and bulkier compared to a normal dog. He tried to follow it off his land and lost sight of it, but did provide proof of it being there with extremely large footprints. Mm. So, I'm sorry, you said this man's name was Bray? Yeah, Scott Bray. I think it's a family name. Um, Just for background, this is all near Elkhorn, Wisconsin, which is a very, I wouldn't say very small. I think it's about 10,000 for the population. I think Bray's a family name, and Bray Road is a rural road near the area. Rural? Road? Rural road. Rural. Rural Rural. Yeah. Ruiz. So I don't know if his name is linked to that road or not. It might be just a weird coincidence. It is spelt the same, though. And all of these sightings take place on the same road? On the road or very close to the road. Okay. So just around the same time, a few days later, Russell Guest saw a similar dog-like creature. He was in an overgrown area of the woods very close to Bray Road and encountered a wolf-like creature standing on its hind legs. It took a couple wobbly steps toward him, and then Guest ran away. He turned around to see if it was following him, and then the creature was now on all fours, wandering towards Bray Road. 
Guests described it as being a little over five feet tall, with a head looking like a dog or wolf, but being larger in proportion to the body. He believed it was a hybrid of a wolf and a dog, but nothing like a bear or a Sasquatch because the head was specifically canine. Yeah, so these most two recent sightings seem to be a lot more dog than half dog, half ape. Except the second one where it was standing on its hind legs. Right, yep, yeah, you're right. So just a few weeks later, uh, a bar manager named Lori Andresi was driving on Bray Road. She turned on a bend in the road and saw at first what looked like a man kneeling at the side of the road. She pulled along the side of the road to, you know, see if that person needed help. Mm -hmm. She rolled down her passenger window and she said she got a close look for a nearly full minute at this creature before it started moving. She said it was a beast with gray fur, pointed ears, and fangs. It had a long face with a snout like a wolf and yellow eyes. This obviously scared her because the headlights were facing a different direction, so it wasn't a reflection that was oh. causing the eyes to be yellow. They were glowing yellow. Interesting. It had arms similar to a human's, and it was eating with its palms facing up. It had human hands with claws on the ends, and since it was kneeling and facing her, she could not see what the tail or legs looked like below the knee. I'm sorry, when you say eating with its palms facing up, like it was sh like shoving food into its face, like... Right, it was actually using its hands to eat, unlike okay. a dog, where sure. it's not going to be using its hands at all, Got other it. than possibly adjusting something. Yeah. So, yeah, that's... Well, dogs don't have hands. Well, and even if... It, <laughs> of course, but even if it was just like paws, obviously a dog couldn't eat like that either. Sure, yeah. So we're not yeah. dealing with a dog or a wolf. Right. That's the point. So all of those sightings happened within a few weeks of each other. And then there was like a craze happening. Like, what is this thing around here? Right? So it was like showing up in the local papers and... I believe so, yeah. So after that last sighting with uh, Lori and Dresi, about a year passes before another sighting. Oh. So around Christmas of 1990, about a mile south of Bray Road, Heather Bowie was with a group of friends and they were walking home. This is a group of children. Okay. How, like, 9, 10? I think, like, a, yeah, I think around 9 or 10. So they were walking home, and it was around 4.30. They were coming back from sledding in the woods. Uh, so they're walking home, and they saw a large dog along a creek near a cornfield, and they called out to the dog to see if it would come to them. Heather claimed it was about a block away, but obviously they're in the woods, so when she says a block away, I imagine that's, like, 100 yards, something like that. Yeah, I have... No dis like sense of scale, but I'm going to assume it was close enough that it could hear them. Right. <laughs> so the large dog stood on its hind legs and it took four wobbly steps towards them. Then it returned to all fours and charged at the children. The children then immediately turned around and started running towards Heather's house and the beast followed them about halfway back home. They were about 250 yards away from the home at the initial first point of them running. And then once they got home, they didn't see it. It was gone. This is the second or third time you've mentioned that it took wobbly steps. Like it's not used to walking on its hind legs. Right. But it has the ability to stand up and possibly walk. But when it needs to be fast, it has to go to all fours. Sure. So Heather specifically said it made... <laughs> It made a bigger leap than dogs run. 
I don't know what that necessarily means. It made a bigger leap than dogs run. Sure, Heather. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I don't understand what that means. I guess it just means it's making giant strides in like a jumping motion, almost like a kangaroo, like, but on all like, fours. Yeah, or like each of its strides when it when running are bigger than a regular dog's. Yeah, whatever, Heather. <laughs> <laughs> So, that was the last sighting for a long time. I don't know what happened, but in 1999, this is the last, what people say is the last trusted sighting okay. of this creature. In Halloween of 1999, Doris Gibson was driving home on Bray Road, and as she approached the intersection with Hospital Road, where she claimed that her front right tire jolted. So, she believed she hit something, so she stopped immediately and got out of the car to investigate. After closing the door, she immediately saw a dark and hairy creature approaching her. She got back into the car and started to drive away, but the creature jumped onto the trunk of the car. It could not stay on because it had recently rained and the car was wet, but it did leave long scratches in the exterior of the trunk. Huh. That's kind of creepy. That's kind of like an urban legend. Like Right. So... For most of these sightings, there is, or not most of these, for some of these sightings, there is some kind of proof. Sure, there was the the paw prints, there were the scratch marks. Uh, yeah, I guess those are the only two. Yeah, okay, but, those two. <laughs> so, so, there aren't any actual pictures of this thing, and other than the very first sighting in 1936, these are all first-hand accounts. Mm-hmm. I can understand why some people would make up stories initially in 1989 and 1990 because there's like a craze happening sure. of some kind and people want to get in on it for whatever their reasons may be. But why would anyone lie about that? Yeah, I mean... I mean, maybe they're trying to make a quick buck, but I don't think that's well, much to gain. Yeah. Well, okay, so the first one in 36 to me could go... Either way, like this man legitimately saw it, believed it was there, went home, told his family, or he was telling his grandkids, I saw a beast. Yeah, and I thought the same thing, too. So I was trying to figure out when did his story, even though it didn't come from him directly, when was it first made public? Mm -hmm. I couldn't find a definite answer, but it does seem like it did come out before 1989. So it's not like... He, or it's not like his family was trying to get some public attention sure. because of the craze. Like, it came out before 1989, I think. Right. So I don't really know. Um, but like I said, that was the last trusted sighting. And after that sighting in 1999, there have been dozens of reports of this creature, some as recent as last year in 2020. Really? Yes. Most claim of encounters with werewolves or dogmen and... They're basically just mocked by the local community. Like, that's not real. Right? Well, yeah, I mean, I'd be like, my grandma told me that story. Yeah. That sort of thing. And I think it's mostly because even though that craze was happening in 89 and 90, since then, it's kind of been treated as, like, obviously an urban legend. So they're yeah. being mocked. It's been, but it's become so popular that in 2005, there was a movie made about this called Just the Beast of Bray Road. What? I haven't watched it mainly because it has a 4.1 out of 10 on IMDb, so I don't nice. think it's very good. Um, but people are basically equating it now to Bigfoot and Loch Ness Monster. Of course, many people believe in those specific cryptids, 
but it's if you see the Beast of Bray Road, it's like you're just crazy, right? You're just mocked. Yeah. But why would anyone like make up these stories, right? Well, I well, think, I, I mean, the ones we talked about, right? I, I think what's interesting about all of these is that they did all seem to describe the same thing. Yeah, I feel like we've heard cryptid stories where everybody describes something slightly different. And in this case, they all say big dog, big chest. I think did all of them mention that it walked on two legs at least a little bit? I think um, one of them was just yeah, it was all but through. one, all but one where the farmer chased it off his land. And they even got the color the same. Yeah, the it's, always, it's always grayish, maybe some black and brown. Um, the, the only thing that I think is weird about the specific sightings we've talked about is the very first one in 1936 where it says Gadara. Yeah, I was going to ask about I don't that. know if that's kind of like some flourish that was added to kind of like make it seem a little more mystical, but in these more recent sightings, it just seems like it's, you know, a dog man or a werewolf. Yeah, and it doesn't seem like people are doing anything that would warrant it to chase them. Well, it only chased that group of children. So the reason... Well, it jumped on that lady's car. Right. So what I think is it probably charged at that group of children because they're children. So it might be, you know, weak prey. (laughs) Um, And with the car, it might have honestly just been confused. It's like, what is this? So let's figure out what it is. Yes, please. So the consensus is, and just for kind of describing what the creature looks like, when it's on all fours, it's said to be between two and four feet tall. But when it stands on its hind legs, it can be between six and eight feet tall. That's the accepted height. Of so it's this got thing. like really long legs. Yes, but it's also extremely large because it weighs usually estimates are about 600 pounds. Oof. So it's very broad, has a broad chest, and it's just beefy. Wow. Um, as we talked about through the sightings, at least the trusted ones, the beast has never harmed anyone, but it can show aggression, I I feel like, when it's threatened. Because that car thing, it probably jumped on the car because maybe it, that lady did hit it. She just didn't realize. Yeah, that's true. Um, and with the children, I mean, you know, it might have Who been trying. Who would want a nice, yeah, juicy kid? Exactly. So the yellow eyes thing... I don't know. That's the only sighting. That one sighting where the lady rolled down her car or her window in her car to look at it and it had yellow eyes. Yeah. That's the only one where it specifically mentions that. And there's only one mention of it speaking. See, that's the... Yeah, that's throw, the, throw that out. Where That was just kind like, of like... That's the only time where it had any like semblance of humanity because he even specified half ape. Whereas the other ones seemed like dog that kind of learned how to walk on its hind legs. Yeah, but why would it be so tall? Right. I it's mean, just, even it's like not the, as humanoid as I pictured the first one. Do you y- know what I'm saying? Yeah, but even if you have like one of the really large breeds of dogs, like a Great Dane or something, if it tries to stand on its hind legs, it's not going to be able to take a few steps. No, I know that. I know that. So obviously it has some sort of different physiology, right. but it's not like... I would picture a werewolf as like a giant hairy man with a wolf head. You know what I mean? This seems more giant hairy wolf with man legs. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. So there there are some like, I mean, there's not actual pictures of the Beast of Bray Road, but there's like renditions of sure. what 
people agree it looks like. And if you look it up, I describe it as being very similar to the werewolf in the third Harry Potter movie, ah. but bulkier. Okay. So it's got like okay. long legs it can stand on. And when it wants to actually run, it will go on all fours. But it's just more muscular. That's significantly creepier than what I had pictured. Okay. So so what is it? I mean, obviously, werewolf seems to be, you know, a possibility when trying to explain it. I mean, uh, that could kind of explain the speaking thing. Maybe it was like in mid-transformation of some kind, but... I don't, I'm not getting that it used to be a human in any way. I'm getting it that it's its own, yeah. more cryptid than in, in any trusted sighting, there has been no mention of any form of transformation from man to wolf or wolf to man or anything similar to that. Right. So we could throw that out. It could be an undiscovered species. Uh, there are many... Be- Many who believe in the Beast of Bray Road to believe it's a hybrid of domesticated dogs and either a wolf or coyote, but I feel like it doesn't explain the size. Or the walking. Yeah. like Or the eating with his hands. Yeah, How? why does it have hands? Yeah, does it, that, yeah that was the only one that mentioned hands instead of... Well, in the first one in 1936, it was digging in a burial mound. He didn't specifically describe what the hands or paws looked like, but if it's digging through something... I imagine as some kind of paw claw. Yeah. Hold on. I'm, I got to Google Gadara. Okay. G-A-D-A-R-A. Yeah. It's a town in Jordan. Yeah. I already tried Googling it. Oh, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> <laughs> um, no one really knows what it means. Um, it, could, so it, it could be a biblical thing. It could be some sort of like incantation. See, that would be cool. I'm thinking more likely, you know, those videos of those dogs that, that say, just, I love you. Yeah. I'm guessing that he was like terrified and was just trying to figure out what it was. Okay. So one other thing it could be, and I think I'm pronouncing this right. It's an Amarok. Um, an Amarok is a gigantic wolf in Inuit mythology. Um, most notably, it does prefer to hunt alone rather than in packs, which does describe this thing. So yeah. it's a loner. Um, it's like a giant wolf creature. So, I mean, possible. Yeah, and that's another question. So the first, let's just take all of the sightings as real. The first one happened in 1936. Mm-hmm. They only saw one. They yeah. only ever see one at a time. Is this supposed to have been the same one? Or, like, generation Right. Later. That That is a good question. So there, there were quite a few sightings I didn't talk about, mainly because, you know, they, these ones were the ones that seemed the most legitimate. But if you're to believe in a lot of these sightings, they're happening all over the place and not just on Bray Road. Oh. So as I said at the very beginning of this episode, some people do or have seen creatures that are similar in northern Illinois as well. Okay. Um. So, I mean, that is still pretty close by, but if these sightings are happening around the same time, there's got to be more than one, if you're to believe in all of them. Right. Do we know of any um, spilled radioactive material? Well, that, that was <laughs> that was, that was going to be my last hypothesis. Oh, really? Okay. No, no, not specifically that. It's a bear with mange. Well, yeah, okay, well, see, you just basically explained it. The, it doesn't really explain it, though. I mean, I think bears can eat, like, with their palms facing up, their paws facing up, but yeah. 
so I'm just trying to think, I'm trying to describe all of these settings as a bear. Um, so that kind of makes sense. Um, the size would obviously make sense. I'm trying to think of anything else. Yeah, and bears can obviously stand on its of, hind legs. What kind of bears are in southern Wisconsin? I mean, I know up here we get black bears, and farther north you get them grizzlies. But black bears don't reach six to eight feet in height. No, they don't. And I think, I think those would be the only bears in the area would be black bears. So... I mean, people could be misjudging the size, too, when they see it. Yeah, I mean, and I know if I saw something weird and somebody asked me to describe it, I would especially unintentionally when it's, exaggerate way too much. Yeah, and especially when it's far away, like when they charge those group of that group of children. Yeah. and But, like, when you're right next to it on the side of the road and you roll down your window, you should be able to get a pretty accurate description of height and weight. Like, yeah. a good estimate. So I don't know, bear. I mean, bear with mange obviously is probably what it is. Um, especially since the the all of these sightings happened, or most of these sightings happened, in like a two year period. Sure, sounds um, like all these people should have been a little more a werewolf. Good job, I'm proud of you. <laughs> so basically, that's the beast of Bray Road. I think it's a bear with mange. There have there there have been a ton of sightings of this thing. And like I said, as recent as last summer. Um, but those are horseshit. I mean. <laughs> well, it, it's it's interesting because wolves or like, you know, coyotes, larger wild animals are not uncommon in that area. No. Yeah, it was a very remote area. I mean, it, it, it was near Elkhorn, which is a right. fairly large town. But this is like on the outskirts and in the woods. Yeah. I mean, like, well. Take us. Duluth is what, 90,000, 100,000 people? Yeah, but there's a lot of woods around here. Right. I mean, like, we're technically, like, pretty close to downtown. We get bears. We get deer. We have yeah. foxes. There's gophers and skunks, raccoons, like, all yeah. up in our yard. So I am inclined to believe that it is a misunderstood animal. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't think it's impossible that it could be something crazy and undiscovered. I think it's a little bit more possible than something like Bigfoot only because this is centralized around such a remote area. Not a whole lot of people have investigated it as opposed yeah. to Bigfoot where, you know, people are constantly going on Bigfoot hunts or whatever. Well, it's not human enough for people to be interested and it's not killing enough people's chickens for people to hunt it down. Right. What do you think? I was just going to ask you, you're in that first man's shoes. Mm hmm. What is your reaction? I mean, would he, you believe what you saw? Yes, especially because he came back. So like, the, yes, the first time at night he and he was working, he was a night shift person. So he could have easily been like, you know, his shift's done. He's going home and he imagined something because he's tired. But he came back during the day. The sun's out and he saw the same thing. Yes. That's another point against werewolf. Everyone knows werewolves aren't wolves during the day. Unless you're some of them bullshit twilight werewolves. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I definitely think I, specifically with the 89 and 90 ones, it was probably like a hurt or malformed bear. But that doesn't really explain why people are still having sightings to this day. Yeah, I don't want to, um, 
want to believe it's just something undiscovered. I don't think it's it said Gadara and had some sort of satanic purpose. I think it was like, maybe it was like a breed of wolf nobody knows. Yeah. Could be the, the Amarok from the Inuit mythology. Yeah, I think I think what really should happen is there needs to be some more investigations. One of those paranormal TV shows should should go out there and look for it. Next time we're cameras. in southern Wisconsin, we should let's go to Elkhorn, baby. Yeah. Well, that's that. Yeah, that's it. That's the Beast of Bray Road. Yeah, this has been kind of a shorter episode, but we have had. It's been a hellish couple of weeks for us. <laughs> yes, it's just been rough. But we have a listener story today. Yes, I'm actually I'm real excited. And I haven't read it yet. I know we have it. mm -hmm. So Colleen, lay it on me. So this is from um, one of our listeners, Brian. Also, his artist handle is Black Rain. Cool. I like that metal. Yes. Um, Yeah, that is pretty badass. I just said yes, and I didn't really listen to what you said. took me a second to process. That's usually the case. But (laughs) it reminds me of uh, Raining Blood, the song by Slayer. Yeah. yeah. So Brian says that he has a ton of paranormal slash weird things that have happened to him, but he is a skeptic. Okay. I mean, I am too, but I, I am also well. I also believe that paranormal things are obviously possible. So. Yeah, I'm. I've never had anything like this happen to me. Okay. Have you you had? I haven't read it, so I don't no, know. No, I mean, have you had like a paranormal encounter that I just don't know about? I I have. I feel like I want to save it for an episode that's tied to it, but I will will share it someday. That might be the reason you're a little more open to it than I am, because I've never experienced it. Anyways, this is an interesting story, so thank you, Brian, for sending it in. Here's his story. I was around eight or nine years old in my parents' bedroom, sitting at the end of their bed watching the TV on their dresser. This was an old farmhouse built by my great-great-great-grandfather in 1907 and has been in my family ever since. All three bedrooms in the house were upstairs. And when you look to the right, sitting on the end of his parents' bed, he could look out the door into the main hall between the three bedrooms. Sure. He was the only one upstairs on this night. And for some reason, something drew his attention off to his right enough to make him look away from the tv he says as i turned my head standing in the doorway to my parents bedroom was a three to four foot tall shadow form it wasn't defined enough for me to make out any details other than it was a large shadow blob human shape when i was looking at it full on it moved to its right heading into my sister's bedroom at that time That was the only time I've ever seen that shadow figure and never really said anything to my family. I didn't really know what I had seen back then, and I had never heard of shadow people. I just thought it was something my mind had made up. Interesting. So my and we recently did an episode that talked about sleep paralysis. Yes. So that was my immediate thought. But I don't think he specified if he was like laying down or if he was. He said he was sitting on the end of his parents. Oh, sitting. Yeah. So. Maybe we can rule out sleep paralysis unless he is able to sleep sitting up. Because. No, you, maybe he saw a blobular shadow. Well, right. I know. And I, I think shadow people are very common in sleep paralysis, which is why I bring that up. Because I don't discount that it's like 
someone could still invade your dreams. I'm just saying. I guess. So here's it's my, not that. Here's my That's what take I'm saying. on it. I am an extremely paranoid person. And as a child, I was even more so because I was small and vulnerable. But And I saw things all the time, like out of the corner of my eye. But then I would look at it and I'd realize it was like a shirt on a chair sure it never they never actually like moved yeah so like this scurried away yeah this one moved and walked or like floated or something away into another room yeah, yeah. that's creepy at least your sister wasn't in there you know what it reminds me of that show that was just out bly bly manor the haunting of bly manor that yeah it's called yeah the haunting at bly manor i think yeah, yeah where like there's that creepy lady of the lake who just like wanders through the halls of that mansion but nobody sees her except for the kids what it what it reminds me of is and i i'm sorry i can't remember the name of it but there's this um old crematorium in i think it's tennessee maybe kentucky one of those two states where people go to visit it visit it and tour it like as a haunted place to you know spend the night but one of the things that people encounter there is shadow people and they like hide at like the top corners of rooms and like walk along the walls and ceilings away from you and sometimes at you but like what are they ghosts i think so i think they're like a malevolent spirit here's the thing i'd be like you know what somebody died in your house but he said his great 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 grandfather built this in 1907 it's possible somebody died in that house but like an older relative yes but you would think he would know about that or like maybe maybe not i mean if you've had that house i mean you i used to live in my grandma's house and I knew nothing about my grandma or my, not my grandma, it? my great grandma. No, she didn't build it. But I'm just saying like, you know, generations pass. Like you don't know everything about like your great grandparents. No, that's true. That's true. I would just think if you have the same house in your family for well over a hundred years, it seems. It's, it's not like Harry Potter and they have a family tree. I don't up. know. I always <laughs> picture people were like handing down the house like, oh, great grandfather <laughs> well born well um his name was brian you said brian brian thank you for sending it and shadow people like for me are on par with like the creature from the grudge and the ring where like they just creep me out because it's so different and unnatural from like you know typical ghost stories i honestly would probably pass out if that happened to me like i don't know what i would do i'd probably just pass out and i'm picturing like a weird malevolent like leprechaun <laughs> okay have, he, yeah he did say it was three, three to, to four, four feet, feet tall, tall and it was kind of blobby that could be the leprechaun's hat <laughs> or but, it could have been a child too like a ghost child yeah that didn't even occur to me i was thinking literally you know like, the, the <laughs> ones that are literally three to four feet tall at the time but okay do you remember there's a movie with katie holmes about the tooth fairy yeah the um guillermo del toro movie yes um, where they have to like give teeth to these fairies as a yeah i can't remember the name of it anyways there were like there was a scene in there if i remember correctly of like you could see the shadows of these little fairies like flitting across the wall. That's what I'm picturing. But if you haven't seen that movie, that description means nothing <laughs> yeah. to you. I mean, so I'm sorry. Yeah, what, let's just say it was a shadow person. I actually I don't like it. I don't I, like that. Shadow people like are one thing that I actually do like kind of lean towards possibly being real, and it scares the hell out of me. And I hope it 
I never encounter it. I would much rather encounter the Beast of Bray Road, to be honest. So I've always envisioned shadow people, not in like the sleep paralysis sense, but in this sort of like blobby, malevolent spirit sense that they just follow you wherever you go. Like they're attached to you. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, at least with that crematorium, they're attached to the location. Yeah, okay. If you're spending the night in a crematorium, you deserve anything you get. Sorry. Well, I mean, that's the point. Did you pay to sleep in there? You don't sleep in there. You spend the night awake looking for them. I don't That's, that's that the attraction. Like... You know what we should do? No. We should we go. Whatever it is, we shouldn't <laughs> do it. Unless it has like a Egyptian cotton sheets and a memory foam mattress. I don't think a... there's any furniture in there other than maybe the old mattresses from the people that were dying of tuberculosis. Yeah, but like what kind of continental breakfast you think they have after well if you have a scary story that you would like <laughs> to send to us uh send it our way you can send it to any of our socials or our email facebook instagram twitter are all at nerdslothhq. and the email is podcast at nerdsloth.com and we have some exciting new information we have merch. Merch! Um, this literally launched today. We're recording this on Wednesday, and this episode will be coming out in two days. On Friday. So if you are listening to this when the episode first comes out around 8 a.m., if you're one of the lucky ones that's listening early, everything's on sale. Um, it Up will to be 35% for the, off. Yes, so everything will be on sale um, we've obviously been advertising on all of our socials as well, Yeah. but uh, for the first few hours on Friday, everything will still be on sale, too. Yeah. You want to impress your date's grandma? Buy yourself a little spooky shirt. Yeah. You want you want your mom to think you got your life together? Get, get yourself a little spooky pillow. Just throw that on your couch. Yeah, we got shirts, hoodies, pins, magnets, mugs, uh, lots of different types of stuff. And not just a little spooky, but all of the podcasts on the Nerd Sloth Network. Yes, there's the Nerd Sloth logo, there's the old Nerd Sloth logo, there's ner- like a cute little sloth on a heart, like a little Cupid sloth. And if you want to rep any of our sister podcasts, yeah. we have Party in Peril, uh, Night Marathon, Saturday and of course morning Saturday Morning Cartoon, Cartoon Boo. But you know, like rep your spooky. Yeah. So if you're interested and if you enjoy our show, if you have the means and you would like to support us, take a look. Yeah. I'm super excited about it. Yeah. I totally got like a bunch of shirts. Yeah. For we, me. We, we just our, for me. We bought our own merch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes, I am aware that's kind of nerdy. But. but Joseph of Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom, Party in Peril, and Night Marathon made the logo for our podcast a little spooky. Yes. And it is beautiful artwork of Mothman and Nessie. Yes. And he and Chris Coney amazing artists they they designed and spent hours on all of the logos and artwork that are featured in all of our merch yes so if you want to support some artists check them out yeah it's it's fun they said they liked doing it (laughs) (laughs) i wish that i could say i participated more but i'm just a voice and not the talent so well we're we're doing our part in letting the people know that it's available and it's beautiful artwork. Yes. So check that out. Um, you can access it by going to nerdsloth.com and, and then we will put there's a, a store 
link. Yes, and we will also put a link in the description of this episode, too. Yes. So if you want, check that out. Otherwise, if you have topics you want us to talk about, send those to us. Send us your spooky tales. Your stories. If you've written any creepypastas or if you just have a personal experience that you would like to share, send it our way. Yeah. And we'll be back next week with something a little more in-depth. We were going to skip this week, but then we decided we got to talk to the people. It's been too long. Yeah. Well, it hasn't been long for you guys, but it's been too long for us recording. Yes. So So next week we'll call, uh, we'll have, I will have a a little bit of a beefier story for you. Sounds good. But anyways, we hope you have a great week and we love you. Bye. Bye. Presented by NerdSloth, a place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com.